This is the Morning Press from Cast Iron Brains, a BrainIron.com production. Here's 11 minutes or less of news for today, Monday, December 4th, 2023. Israel's air bombardment of Gaza on Monday included targets in the southern part of the region, a likely signal that it will expand its ground operations to include the south, after a month of focus on northern Gaza. An Israeli military spokesman said Sunday night that Israel, quote, continues and expands its ground operations against Hamas strongholds all across the Gaza Strip, end quote. To the south, commercial cargo ships in the Red Sea, owned by Japanese and British companies, Two flying under the Panamanian flag and one flying the flag of the Bahamas were hit with ballistic missiles fired from Houthi-controlled portions of Yemen. A U.S. Navy destroyer, the USS Kearney, responded to the distress calls of the cargo ships, shooting down multiple drones heading in its direction in the process. It's not clear if the Kearney was itself being targeted. The Houthis claimed credit for the attacks on the commercial vessels, warning that any ships associated with Israel would continue to be targeted. Perhaps as a means of further driving home the global and interconnected nature of this conflict raging in a tiny speck of desert in the Middle East, consider the following. Iran-backed Houthis operating in Yemen, where they claim governmental authority and have been fighting a long war against Saudi Arabia, are firing on commercial cargo ships in the Red Sea with direct ties to Panama, the Bahamas, Japan, Germany, and Britain in response to the war in Israel, and the United States military is patrolling the area shooting missiles and drones out of the sky. Simple territorial disputes with easy answers, right? A 26-year-old French national recorded a video pledging allegiance to the Islamic State and then proceeded to attack multiple people in the area around the Eiffel Tower in Paris with a knife and hammer on Sunday, killing one German tourist and injuring one British and one French person. The suspect told police that he was angry about so many Muslims dying in Afghanistan and Palestine. Paris will host the Summer Olympics in 2024, an event that will kick off in the last week of July. The prospect of terrorist violence impacting the Games is an ongoing concern, and officials indicate that the opening ceremonies and other events are being planned with security measures that account for a high-level threat of terrorism. Plans and measures that are most likely to prevent large-scale attacks, but of course cannot guard against so-called lone wolves, a euphemism for violent antisocial jerks that makes them sound much cooler than they deserve. It is now the official editorial position of the morning press to refer to such criminals not as lone wolves, but as solitary homicidal weirdos. Both are subjective phrases, heavy with judgment, but only the former leaves any room for mistaking the subject as... Badass. Alaska Airlines announced on Sunday that it seeks to buy Hawaiian Airlines for just under $2 billion. The combined company would serve 138 airports around the globe, including the United States, Central America, Australia, and Asia. The deal is expected to face opposition from federal regulators, who last year prevented a deal between American Airlines and JetBlue, and are currently fighting a deal that would allow JetBlue to buy Spirit Airlines. Alaska Airlines is currently the fifth-largest U.S. airline, and would remain so even after a successful purchase of Hawaiian, behind Delta, American, Southwest, and United. The Biden administration is imploring Congress to pass tens of billions of dollars in additional military and economic aid for Ukraine, as little remains of what has thus far been allocated. 
Congress is currently debating a $105 billion spending package put forward by President Biden, some $60 billion of which would be for Ukraine, the rest going to Israel, border security, humanitarian efforts around the world, and other national security interests. Republicans have been seeking substantial changes to U.S. border policy in exchange for passing this spending package and have expressed wariness at the White House's insistence that Ukraine and Israel aid be packaged together. The Office of Management and Budget on Monday warned that a failure to pass a Ukraine aid bill before the end of the year would, quote, kneecap them in their fight against Russia. Music streaming service Spotify is laying off about 1,500 people, or about 17% of its workforce, as it continues to attempt to become profitable. The company posted losses of $500 million in the first nine months of the year. Spotify's struggles are symptomatic of a wider problem. No one has proven that music streaming can be a profitable enterprise at all. The Supreme Court today is hearing arguments about whether a corporate bankruptcy can be written in such a way as to protect the assets of a third party. When Purdue Pharma declared bankruptcy and agreed to pay billions of dollars in a settlement to those harmed by their opioid drugs, the owners of Purdue, members of the Sackler family, were given immunity from additional opioid-related lawsuits. Critics believe that the tactics used in the Purdue Pharma case to shield the family's wealth from further litigation are an abuse of the bankruptcy system that unconstitutionally deprives victims of their right to damages without their consent. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum has ended his campaign for the Republican presidential nomination. The field now consists of Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie, and Asa Hutchinson. In sports, the college football playoff is set, with Michigan and Alabama to face off in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, and Texas playing Washington in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Both games will take place on January 1st, with the winners moving on to the championship game to be played on Monday, January 8th. Undefeated ACC champion Florida State will be relegated to an Orange Bowl game against Georgia. This exclusion has struck many observers as unfair which of course it is. But what does FAIR have to do with it? The college football playoff will expand to 12 teams next year, which will inevitably allow far more teams to cry foul every December. On this date, December 12th in 1679, English philosopher Thomas Hobbes died at 91 years old. Hobbes was one of the most consequential and influential political philosophers in history who worked to apply his understanding of human nature to figuring out the ideal way power should and could be justly organized and deployed, concluding that a sovereign authority is necessarily invested with absolute power by the individuals in a civil society. In exchange for security. He saw this as a solution to the anarchic state of nature, in which all individuals would have a right to whatsoever they claimed, a state of, quote, war of all against all. To Hobbes, society, politics, culture, industry, the arts, and all other products of human cooperation, like, say, football, are reliant upon man's escape from this state of nature, that otherwise human life would be intolerably rife with, quote, continual fear and danger of violent death, end quote, describing the life of man outside the confines of the social contract as, quote, solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short, end quote. We assent to an external authority because though its decisions might often be unfair— at least they're definitive. 
Hobbes's clear authoritarian leanings would be tempered by the Enlightenment thinkers who followed him, but his influence on those who built the foundation of today's political power structures is undeniable. His final words, as he lay dying, were, quote, I am about to take my last voyage, a great leap in the dark. And now, here's a look at the weather. Whether it's an Islamic terrorist in France claiming retribution for Muslim deaths elsewhere on the planet, or a mentally disturbed individual killing four of his family members in Queens, the nauseating relief that is felt upon learning that they carried out their plans with the ordinary tools ready to hand, knives, and not a weapon explicitly designed to kill large numbers of people, is itself quite disturbing. At least he didn't have a gun the thought goes, diminishing the scale of this human tragedy for fear of what could have been, for fear of what has been so many times before. The solitary homicidal weirdo is an inevitability, no matter how strong the sovereign power atop the social contract. Solving for that inevitability with an appeal to the base state of nature, by arming ourselves to the teeth, should be seen as unacceptable to civil society, an acquiescence to anarchy and death born of cynicism. In a world of eight billion people, where the larger the tragedy is, the more abstract and impersonal it becomes, and the quicker we are to reach for solutions and levers of control, each individual is indeed constantly subject to forces well beyond them, distinct and deserving of dignity and respect, but only truly sovereign to the extent that the person walking next to you down the street thinks you are. The solitary homicidal weirdo is sovereign. Look where that got him, and where it got the rest of us. That's the weather from here. How's it look out your window? The Morning Press is a production of the BrainIron.com multinational media empire. Please direct comments and complaints to BrainIronPodcast at gmail.com or visit the website at BrainIron.com. Thanks, and barring the sudden onset of the inevitable, we'll talk to you tomorrow. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.